Welcome to On Texas Football. I am Joe Cook sitting in today for Bobby Burton and joining me is Justin Wells, recruiting expert over at InsideTexas.com. Go ahead and check out InsideTexas.com. You can get a 50% off your annual or monthly subscription. And Justin, you and I were both there on a Tuesday uh, when they had an open practice, saw a lot of different things, had a lot of different takeaways over on Inside Texas. But I think there were, uh, of course, the quarterbacks are their own big deal (laughs) we may get into that at another time but there were two positions that uh some injuries have affected the depth and have given rise or given opportunity to some younger guys uh who may be able to step up take that opportunity and join the either the starting group or the group that sees started level snaps the offensive line is the one that you know everyone asks about quarterback first Offensive line is second. There's a lot of expectation because of the freshmen that have come in. And so, you know, Cole Hudson hurt last week. Now it looks like Devon Campbell is taking his snaps at right guard. He's playing. He, he's he's getting better and better. You got, you got Kelvin Banks that's locking down left tackle. He's getting better and better. Um, now Cam Williams is a guy you got to watch out for at right tackle. He's one that Christian Jones is, he's nipping at his heels. And so, you know, what we see is we see depth there. You lose a junior angle out, that's huge. And the fact that they're able to move guys around, they got more depth. And and, and now we're going to see how big, you know, we know how large these guys are. We're going to see how effective they can be in about 16 days. Yeah, exactly. So you, you look at um, the the changes, the shakeups, uh, that injuries in, in last Saturday's scrimmage caused. Um, I think if you wanted before that scrimmage and probably during that scrimmage, uh, the lineup was probably Andre Karich and Kelvin Banks switching at left tackle. Uh, Hayden Connor, uh, pretty strongly entrenched at left guard. Junior Angulao was at center, repping there. Cole Hudson at right guard. Uh, and then Christian Jones at right tackle, like you mentioned, with uh, Cam Williams right behind him trying to take his spot well you have an injury to um uh, junior angulao torn acl that's going to knock him out for the year and then you have cole hudson sustained an injury that we at inside texas have reported won't keep him out very long uh but those are two guys that's 40 percent of your your then one line uh who you have to figure out what to do with um at that open practice like you said kelvin banks i think took nearly every if not all uh, first team left tackle uh, snaps. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Hayden Connor still there uh, at that left guard spot. Jake Majors probably slides back into center. Um, it, you know, Kyle Flood has a certain type of lineman he's looking for. Not to say Jake Majors is a perfect fit, but he's still a, a center who has a lot of experience at the position, almost, you know, just over a season's worth. Lots of training camps worth the reps at the position and someone who knows how to call the line uh for the purposes they need so uh someone that you know even though you may have been trying somebody else there and that somebody else may have taken that spot it's uh still someone who uh you know can can reputably play that position uh at a level that they they trust and have trusted in the past right guard and right tackle like you said that's where it's starting to get interesting we saw dj campbell or devon campbell uh play most of the right guard snaps uh, during the the open scrimmage, <clears throat> he was, according to the on three consensus, the highest rated player in Texas's class, just ahead, seven spots ahead 
I think of uh, Kelvin Banks. Uh, Campbell was 12, Banks was 19 in the consensus, but on three had Banks, on three in their own rankings had Banks a lot higher. Um, and then, like you mentioned, uh, Christian Jones, who uh, we've written on Inside Texas before, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Is a better right tackle than left tackle. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are probably spooked by his left tackle snaps last year, and there were some clunker. There were some clunkers. There were some really yeah. bad games he had at left tackle. His floor was pretty solid at right tackle uh, during that 2020 season. Uh, but Cam Williams, just a massive guy, um, probably a little bit better in pass blocking than you'd expect for someone of his experience level and his size, but still with some areas to go. Uh, but when he's going against a lot of the Texas Bucks, uh, who are in that 235, 240, 245 range, you know, he's got 120 pounds on some of those guys. And once he gets the the mitts on them, it's, they aren't going anywhere. Um, I mean, how with with I know Cole Hudson has uh, moved up and kind of started taking some of the, the first team snaps. But uh, now with with DJ Campbell starting to go there. Um, Basically, the question is, do you see Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian willing to play three true freshman offensive linemen at one time? Or do you think if they had their preference, they would maybe go two, uh, but probably at, at two of the most important spots and, and left tackle in one of the guard spots? I think you're going to see two freshmen starting week one. I think it'll be Banks at left tackle and Cole Hudson at right guard. Um, does he want to see three? Probably. I think there's going to be series where you see all five offensive linemen are freshmen. It's going to be like a fab five left to right. And they're going to be series where those guys are all playing together. And, and because flood wants that continuity, he wants these guys getting experience as much as they possibly can. And the more they play together, you know, offensive linemen in college, the, the, the experience ones are at a premium because it's such, it's, they add so much value. And now you've got these freshmen that are coming in, supplanting some of these guys, they're going to have to top that. And so getting them to play together longer, I think is Flood's bigger plan is to make sure they're all comfortable with each other. But I would be, I'd be surprised if we don't see two starting freshmen in week one and Cam Williams is going to be pushing for that right tackle spot. It's just a matter of time that Christian Jones can hold him off. And I, I feel like we're going to see Cam playing week one but we could probably see more of that in October, November. Yeah, Christian Jones as a senior, you know, like I said, right tackle, that's a tough, tough guy to demote. Uh, but I, I think if it becomes obvious that the coaches aren't afraid to to do just that if they need to. But it, it, uh, the other thing is it's, it's Kelvin Banks' job. I think we all kind of anticipated that was going to happen. Steve Sarkeesian even pushed back a, a little bit at the very beginning of training camp with how he was, the question was framed, but I think everybody, including him kind of understood that as time went on, Kelvin Banks was going to rise up the depth chart and uh, eventually 
become that left tackle starter that I think everybody envisioned him becoming when he signed with the Longhorns last December. We did, I, you know, we we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And I'll be honest, I, I'm not sure I anticipated it this early. But he's a little bit bigger with those pads on this summer. He's smarter. He came in prepared, and that's that's the makings of a mean left tackle. The guy came in ready to take the job, and and he fits the mold that Kyle Flood and Sark want so bad. And so all it was was a matter of time of him of him grabbing it. A little bit sooner than I anticipated. I'll say that. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I don't know what offense he the mold he doesn't fit. He's he's that level level yeah. of talent. So, all right, uh from the big guys to the the guys who work in space. Um other injuries that affected this position, uh, at least at wide receiver, of course Isaiah Nayor, another guy who went down during the scrimmage torn ACL, non-contact will be out for the year and and that was somebody who there were a lot of expectations laid upon him. I even mentioned he had a chance to be a number one receiver for this team with Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington on it. Now, and then you add in the fact that Ajay Hall is currently suspended and kind of on facing an 0-2 count for, for lack of a better term. Uh, depth That wide receiver, which was very strong entering this year, has definitely taken a hit. And Steve Sarkeesian uh, talked about how he wants to have a group of six, I believe. He get, he likes six frontline wide receivers uh, to be in the fold. And with um, Nayor's injury, we saw some move, moving around at the top, uh, including, you know, Xavier Worthy, who, although he's playing field receiver, he's going to be moved all over the place. They moved him all over the place last year. They're going to move him all over the place this year, including maybe at the X boundary spot. But another guy who took a lot of snaps on the boundary was was Jordan Whittington. Um, I think even last year, Jordan Whittington was praised as someone who knows all the receiver spots. And yeah. though he's very capable in the slot, him at X, uh, you know, makes makes a good amount of sense, I believe, just because of his sure handedness and, and also his physical traits. And his experience. He's been around this this system for, for his second year. He, he understands it. And Jordan's a quick learner. He's a quick study. Uh, Isaiah Nayor to me was the worst injury of all of them. I don't think you can replace him. There's nobody on the roster to do that. So you have to do it in the aggregate. And by doing that, you move guys around. Jordan Whittington is valuable enough and versatile enough. And when he's healthy, impactful. And so you can move him to that X, which can slide some other guys around. Well, you think, well, where do you take him from that slot? Tariq Mitchell, um, Tariq Milton, a guy we've been talking about for about a month. This is a guy that's already made a pretty strong impression on the team. He's playing some inside. He's playing some outside. This is a guy that can move around that I think is going to definitely produce in 2022. Xavier Werther, they're going to move around simply because that's the way you get the mix the mismatches. That's how you get him open. That's how you scheme him open is moving him around. And so Casey Kane is going to be the guy to me that needs to step up. He's the guy that's going to need to take that next step because he's a little more familiar with that spot. He's got the length. He's got some ability. 
he's definitely a guy that can stretch the field. And so let's see how he turns out. Let's see if he can take that next step. Uh, he's been in the system uh, for going in his second year too. That gives him a little, little bit of advantage. And with Jaden Alexis and Troy Amirier still basically not full contact, you're going to have to mix and match and move those guys around. I'm not sure they have six, but I'm sure they have four that they that they feel comfortable in, probably five if, if Brendan Thompson is going to be that playmaker that he showed us on, on Tuesday during the open practice where he can essentially get behind anybody. You just got to throw it in front of him. And so – it, you can't replace Naor. You just there's there's nobody on the roster to do that. And you're right. He could have been a number one receiver. This is a guy that looked like he's ready for the NFL. He's so polished. But you can do that with a group. And that's why you have those guys next man up. And sliding Whittington, to me, is going to give them a lot more of that ability. And it's going to help the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Casey Kane had a strong spring. Uh, you know, he's he's someone who doesn't have that same home run ability uh as as Nayor, but um he he had a really strong spring and is someone who rose up to second in the ranks behind Nayor. um and like you mentioned Jaden alexis troy o'meary two guys coming off of knee injuries from last year uh i think you know we saw casey kane in that green no contact jersey that's kind of to protect some depth uh right. uh to, yeah. to make sure that they have guys there so let's go ahead you got Casey Kane, who, like it or not, is probably going to be in that top six. Uh, Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, Tariq Milton. You have four, and it's kind of starting to seem that two younger guys could be the 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 two selected to to round out that top six. One is Brennan Thompson, the uh, state champion sprinter, uh, the track phenom who uh, got some work in the slot early in spring, but you and I saw him make a lot of different plays at field wide receiver, including getting yeah. deep past some experienced defensive backs. Yeah, Thompson's a guy that. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We knew his physical traits coming in. Anybody that's watched his tape or seen his track exploits knows the guy can go. He's just a little small. He's on the small side. And for a guy like that, you're going to have to throw it ahead of him. You're going to have to – don't make him high point the ball. You know, put, put, it, put it out in front. He'll run under and grab it. This is a guy that you may have a problem overthrowing. He's that fast. And, you know, I thought they would find a package of plays for him this year to sort of, you know, inundate him into the season. And because he's just so skilled and talented, you don't want to deny that. Um, now it's a must. They have to. He's got to be ready. And, 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 and getting in when he did and, and learning the system, this is a guy that's got a lot of promise. Savion Red's another guy that I really like that I think could be in that conversation as well. We saw him make some pretty good plays on Tuesday. Saw him drop some pretty easy balls on Tuesday. That's going to happen with all receivers, especially when they're freshmen. Red has a college-ready body, and he's coming in with a college mentality. And so I think with Brandon Thompson and Savion Red, you got two guys that are going to have to make an impact, at least early on in the year, to figure out who has their role, figure out where, they're, where they fit best, and how Sark and, and those guys can scheme those guys open. 
Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian says he likes his players knowing what to do, how to do it, and why they're doing it. But he also admitted, like, you know what? If these guys are freshmen and they're talented, if they know the how and the what, we'll get to the why later. Like, if they can execute that part, that's what they're looking for. And Thompson and, and Red, who is the other guy, they both have some unique uh, background, I think, as uh, basically do-it-all players for their high school. Brendan Thompson, right. when you're when you're that level of player at the, what, 3 or 4A level, you're asked to do a lot. And I'm pretty sure he played quarterback and had a decent amount of passing yards uh, during his senior season at Spearman, even playing through some injury. And you watch his film, you can tell best player on every field he steps on. Savion yeah. Red's a little different in that he didn't really have a position for Grand Prairie, which is either 5 or 6A, I can't remember. Not a team you typically associate with being one of the you know DFW Metroplex powers, but he was asked to do pretty much everything. Uh, I think he took snaps at quarterback, uh, did a lot of running of the football. Um, obviously, either was going to be a running back or receiver at the next level, and Texas put him at receiver. And I guess one way to look at him is – this this kind of is unfair a little bit but i think it it helps you think about it uh split devin duvernay and you have brennan thompson got his speed and savion red got his frame and, and toughness and maybe even his hands uh and, oh, yeah. and that's 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 one way to look at it uh duvernay of course had that top end speed as well as just you know running back frame and ability the ravens are are reaping the benefits of that now um, and kind of like you said, making it up in the aggregate. If you have those two guys, I guess as the bottom of the uh, front line six, you'll definitely take that, especially with some of the other guys ahead and hoping yeah. that Hall eventually makes his way back into the program's good graces. Hall, Hall's the question mark. If, if a Jai Hall gets right, gets in the system, gets on the field and produces, that's house money, in my opinion. And bringing him in, I thought was kind of house money because I liked the setup before he arrived and so it was one of those things where man if he's good and he and he can get right this offense will be that much more explosive you'll have another weapon on the outside but i don't know how much you can bank on that right now and so it's one i'm, I'm sure sark and 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 brennan marion are, are factoring that into the equation but also understanding these are the guys we have in front of us right now these are the guys that are making the best decisions doing all the right things we're going to run with these. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That kind of does it for the, the wide receivers on campus talk. I wanted to get one question out of you as you're uh, obviously you're big on recruiting, big in East Texas, and uh, one of the last remaining major targets in Texas class of 2023 is Longview's Jonte Cook. So Texas already has, or excuse me, Longview's Jalen Hale. So Texas go. already has Jonte Cook from DeSoto. They have Ryan Niblett from Aldine Eisenhower. They have Jonah Wilson from, from Spring to Caney. Probably one more receiver spot left, and uh, you're going to see one of the, the top candidates 
Texas wants to fill that spot in the 2023 class and Jalen Hale. Um, what is it? September 22nd? Is that the, uh, the day? It's going to be the 21st. It'll September the 21st. 21st. Uh, it seems like it's Alabama and Texas after it was Texas, Alabama, Georgia, A&M, and USC. It seems like it's been trimmed down to those two. Uh, what do you going to talk about with with Jalen just kind of a preview of the decision and uh what uh where do you see this recruitment as it sits right now well Texas has one receiver spot left they want to take four and it's between Jalen Hell and Mikhail Harrison pilot out of Temple right now I think Jalen Hell is probably leaning towards getting that spot um as I've mentioned before it's taken three wide receiver coaches at Texas to, to finally connect with him Brennan Marion's done that uh, he's been a, been a tremendous job, not only with Jalen, but with his family and his dad. And so there's a lot of goodwill built up over the last six months between Hell's family, that staff, and the Texas group. The Texas recruits are recruiting this kid like other colleges. Uh, they know how important he is. They're putting an emphasis on that. Jalen's roughly a month away from a decision. Uh, we feel that Texas is in a fantastic position today. Uh, if he was picking today, I would pick Texas, but never underestimate Alabama, Joe. They, Can't. there's a Jamarian Miller feel to this. Nick Saban is focusing and prioritizing Jalen Hill. Wiggins is making sure Hill is reached out to on a regular basis. And so they're, they're going to fight. It's a fist fight for Texas. They're, they're, they're going to have to battle for this guy. And so Bama's going to get it, get him on an official first week of, uh, of September. Texas gets him on official the second week in September. Those will be big. I don't know. If, I think he'll have a decision before those are actually there. Those happen. I think he already kind of knows where he's going to go. And so Texas has set themselves up really well in this recruitment. I know Arch Manning has helped. I know uh, watching old Alabama tape and watching Xavier Worthy tape last year, Jalen Hell had that that really caught his attention. He's looking at a place that can get him to the next level. His dreams to play in the NFL, like most of these guys. If something doesn't go right with Hell, I can see him pivoting and, and, and putting the remainder of that focus on Michael Harrison Pilot. And that's a guy that right now we're talking Cal, UH, uh, TCU is a sleeper there. But with Malcolm Kelly possibly leaving Fort Worth in the offseason, I think that's going to have a direct effect on the wide receiver recruiting finish of 2023. And so Texas has two guys they really like and, and two guys that they, they feel like they can win with. And I think Jalen's probably a notch higher than Michael at this point. I know that the staff loves him, and he has really endeared himself, like I said, to, to the players on the team and, and to the recruiting staff. I mean – Guys like Jonte Cook and 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 Derek Brown and, and they have really gone above and beyond to let Jalen know how important he is. I'm going to see Aaron Hampton on Friday night, uh, the Dangerfield athlete, uh, Texas commit for 2024. Him and Jalen have gotten closer. They hang out a little bit more and more, and and I guarantee you, Aaron's in his ear constantly about that kind of stuff. And so, going to see Jalen tonight. Going to get some good video. Going going to go see. He's one of the the last uncommitted big-time prospects in the class of 2023, and just to try to make sure we we can maintain a good read on what that recruitment's going to do over the next month. Absolutely. And, of course, stay to Inside Texas for the latest when, when Jalen or when Justin gets done talking with Jalen. 
Uh, we'll have some uh, recaps today from Steve Sarkeesian's press conference speaking in the afternoon after practice. And of course, we are we got Jerry Hamilton going all over the Metroplex to talk recruiting. Eric Nalin as well. Uh, Ian Boyd just posted some of his impressions from practice. We've got it all going on Inside Texas. Uh, make sure you like this video and also subscribe to to our channel. Always helps us out, and we always appreciate it. So. Justin, I think that'll do it. Uh, so for Justin Wells, I am Joe Cook. Thank you for watching On Texas Football. We will see you next time.